The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Vision Talk Radio with Dr. Bob. If you're interested in keeping your eye health top-notch throughout all of the stages of your life, this is the program to listen to right now. We'll discuss the latest treatments and technologies to help battle vision-related disease, as well as bring you tips and proven methods to keep you seeing well, now and as you age. Here is your host, Dr. Bob Rothbard. Good afternoon. You're on Vision Talk Radio with Dr. Bob. And I have a real special guest, which I'm really happy about because I'm going to learn a lot from him, too. He's an optometrist from Southern California, Dr. Taylor Blade. And his emphasis is going to be on sports vision. Also, we'll be covering, hopefully at the end, issues of ADHD and also autism. So let me introduce Dr. Taylor Blade. How are you today? I'm well. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Dr. Blay. I feel so fortunate in having you on my show today. Uh, <laughs> You're very it's, kind. Seriously, because I'm really looking forward to quite a bit of this. I have some of the background in vision training, but you apparently have far more than I. So let me ask you a question, and I want you to embellish it. Uh, what is sports vision training, and how does it differ from traditional vision training, and also defining vision training in general for our audience? Well, sure. I, I guess first we need to start with just what a basic eye exam is. I mean, most people have had an eye exam sometime in their life. A lot of people think just reading the night chart's an eye exam, but I always laugh at that. Um, but uh, when you have your eyes checked, first, obviously, they're going to check your prescription, and they're going to check the health of your eyes. But that may be it, you know, unless you're going to this is my plug for developmental optometry or neuro-optometrist, unless you're going to someone Good. who's going to analyze how your visual system works, how well you're using both eyes together, how well you're focusing, then they may miss problems and issues that you have. You can have 20-20 vision and still have problems. Um, and we see it all the time. I'm sure you do. I know you do a lot with that. So when you have a, a thorough eye exam that determines how your visual system works, they may be able to identify issues with using both eyes together, with focusing, maintaining that, being able to cross your eyes and maintain those for a period of time. And if you're deficient in that, there are different ways of training it, just like physical training for your eyes. They call it vision training. So vision training typically is more for um, people that have uh, computer eye syndrome. Maybe their eyes get really tired or fatigued when they're on the computer or the kids in school having trouble reading and paying attention or attending or with learning. Um, so typically vision training is um, done in office. You come in once or twice a week. You do different therapies. You send them home with different things to do. And usually in that case with traditional vision training, it's mostly with younger kids that may or may not really want to be there. <laughs> okay? mm -hmm. It's like extra homework <laughs> for them. But 
taking care of those issues can certainly make your life a lot easier and make you more successful in school and with other tasks that you do. Now, sports vision training is, is sort of the same thing. You have to get an athlete, identify what issues he may or may not have related to the sport that he plays. And it needs to be sport-specific because each sport has different demands. Um, for example, football. I mean, they have positions that they label as non-skilled positions, and they have skilled positions. So they're already differentiating themselves what the problems is and are, are. And if you have a quarterback, for example, I mean, his visual demands are much different than a lineman. You know, a quarterback needs to be able to see well. He needs to have good contrast sensitivity, which we'll probably talk about later. He needs to be able to anticipate and time, you know, people running around. A lineman just needs fast reaction time. You know, he just needs to stop who's ever in front of him and, um, and not much else with uh, the vision training. So we do sport-specific assessments. And then we differentiate between that, and then we train accordingly. So sports vision is really um, uh, vision training on a big scale, really outside instead of up close generally. So, How did you become involved with this, Dr. Blade, in sports vision training? Well, that's, well, that's interesting for me. It may not be for you. Well, go ahead. But, uh, I've been... <laughs> I've been practicing for a while. When I was in optometry school, your last year you did different rotations at different clinics, and I had the opportunity to work at different vision training um, rotations. One was at San Bernardino Juvenile Hall. So you're dealing with kids that have that had trouble and that they're in there. Um, uh, Dr. I think Dr. Casino and Dr. Remick were running the program there, and they had, mm-hmm. they had gotten some funding through the state to actually implement a vision training program in the facility. And I was amazed at how just about every one of those kids had some type of vision issue that would relate to poor success in the classroom and reading and academics. I still remember one kid, he he came in and we were doing some therapy with him, and he had trouble focusing up close and maintaining that, which you have to do when you're reading. And he said, he mentioned one example, he was in class and the teacher asked him to stand up and read, you know, a certain part of the text. And, and he got up and he said, I can't see it, you know. And the class started laughing and they thought he was joking around and the teacher got upset with him and he really couldn't focus very well and maintain that for a period of time. So, you know, he sort of became the class clown and it ended up being, you know, an ongoing process. And who knows how much that related to him actually being in the position he was in in juvenile hall. So I was always interested in that. Um, now, to implement vision therapy into your own practice, as I'm sure you know, you have to be pretty dedicated to it. You have to have Absolutely. the equipment. You have to have the space to do it. You have to have um, staff to do it. So I, I did some, you know, over the years, but I, I really didn't um, do much, and I, I didn't really have a lot of room to do it anyway, and I was pretty busy with my own practice. But... Um, Nike actually approached me a number of years ago and asked if I was interested in being part of a pilot program to test out some of their new vision training. And I'm not an idiot. you know. <laughs> of course, I said yes. And I had right. just moved to a new location, and we had some office space in the back. 
So we ended up building that all out for our sports vision lab. Um, they had some amazing technology, and um, we were, I was like a kid in the candy store. <laughs> I had all these toys. Wow. These are toys people didn't have anywhere. They were prototypes. There were only five doctors in this program, and only three of those really had enough room to do it in their office. In fact, mine was really the only one that had a big space for it. Um, so it was just it was just an adventure every day working with these athletes. They and athletes are a different breed. You know, they want to be yes, successful. they are. They're motivated, um, and a lot of the training is almost like games to them. You know, it's it's not especially when you get out with some of the cutting edge technology. It's just it's a blast. <laughs> you know, for them and for myself. Um, so yes. that's the most fun I've ever had was working with them. And then, you know, getting to know them and watching their progression and watching them succeed and, uh, you know, just agonizing with them when they don't do well. It's, it, it was, it's very fun. Um, it was actually a pilot with Nike and Vistacon teamed up together to do that. It was their Nike Spark um, program. Wow. That's, what's some of the new technology available in the sensory training now? Well, that that was one of the one of the more exciting things that they had with with sports vision training and really any type of vision training. You know, the problem is how do you assess these um, athletes or patients and find out exactly what they need to do to be successful? Um, everyone has their own criteria for what needs to be done. You know, if, if you went into a doctor and he was just going to evaluate how well you could track an object. You know, he might have a little ball on the end of a stick and move that, or you might be watching a ball on a string and just evaluating mm-hmm. that. And the doctor would look at you and say, well, you're not a little choppy. It's not real smooth. I'd grade you, you know, a one out of five or something. Um, and you go to 10 different doctors and they might give you all a different opinion. And that was the challenge that a lot of them had. And it was rather time-consuming doing an assessment. So mm-hmm. what Nike came up with was this interactive kiosk um, when we saw their first prototype up at Nike headquarters, it had four sides on it, had a rod coming out of it with lights and things, and, um, but it was just too big. So um, when we got one in our office, it was one of their next-generation prototypes. It still wasn't the one that they were going to launch, but it just had one side. It had two different screens that had touch screens, and it had 3D glasses. And, um, wow. It was just cooler than that. <laughs> Plus, Nike, yeah. you know, they have this real cool sound that goes with it. It has a really nice sound system in it. So part of the test was um, hitting buttons as fast as you can. And each time you hit it, it would make a noise. And Did you try this yourself? would blow. And so you felt like you were on the field. Um, so, Did you try this stuff yourself there, Dr. Blade? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet you did. Because we're all competitive. Uh, Absolutely. So it would do a, you can do some training on it. Mostly would use it for an assessment. But there was, uh, with the training, like the, um, the hand-eye coordination, where you're just hitting red buttons as fast as you can, um, it will show a high score when you're done. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everyone has ever done it. So all the athletes wanted to be the high score. <laughs> the competitive and nature of the was, beast. Yeah, that was really fun. I, I, I tried to cheat on some just so I'd be the high score. So when the athletes looked at it and it popped up, they'd go, hey, well, 
Dr. Blade's beating me. <laughs> that can't be right. So it would motivate them a little bit more. But um, So this interactive kiosk would run through, it takes about 20 minutes, so really fast. Um, it would analyze 10 different areas of your vision that would relate to sports. And when you're done, it sends all your information to a central database, and it would give you a profile. So it would compare you to anyone in your age, your gender, your sport, and your competition level and give you a percentile for like depth perception if you're in the top 1 to 99 percentile. Um, so you'd get an immediate assessment. You'd see wow. what areas they needed to work on because everyone has holes. I mean, there wasn't one athlete that we ever screened that, that was perfect all the way around. They all had problems or an area that you could benefit from improving. Um, and then we would custom train those and then after a month or so, we could reassess, and it would overlap the first one on the second one. So you could see if you're improving. And with the training and with the different implementing techniques, we found ways of improving all of those. So we're, we, were very, we felt very successful on being able to do that. And it was, um, it was nice for the athlete to see where they are, because if they go down on anything they'll look at the other nine things that they improved on, but if one thing went down, they're going to focus on that. So you really had to key in on them. So it was, uh, it was pretty fun. Um, it was just like you know, developing a new drug you know, <laughs> that made people better at sports. Um, so it was, it, was, it was just amazing technology. Um, uh, another thing that Nike came out with was uh, their Nike Vapor Strobes. I don't know. Have you ever seen those? Or have you heard about them at all? No, but what I want to do with that, Dr. Blade, is we're coming up against break right now. Sure. So what I'd like to do is cover some of that. And then I also want to cover, do elite athletes have better vision than others? We'll do that after the break. Right sure. now, you're on Vision Talk Radio with Dr. Bob on the Health and Wellness Channel. Uh, we'll be back. For exciting video content live and on demand, visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. If you are in Southern California, visit Rancho Cucamonga Optometric Center. Dr. Bob started his practice more than 25 years ago, providing high-quality vision care to his patients. Some of our patients and their families have been coming to us since the very beginning. Visit our website at RanchoEyeDoctor.com. There you can click on the Testimonials tab, Video tab, and Blog tab. If Dr. Bob feels that the care a patient needs is beyond his scope of practice or knowledge, he can refer these patients to specialists to make sure the patient is receiving the best care possible. Rancho Cucamonga Optometric Center is part of the local chambers of commerce in Rancho Cucamonga, Upland, and Ontario, California. Our wonderful staff is very knowledgeable and friendly. We welcome most vision care plans and can help you find your vision plan if you're unsure about your coverage. We'd love to have you come in. Visit RanchoEyeDoctor.com or if you're in Southern California, call us at 909-980-3535. Rancho Cucamonga Optometric Center, 909-980-3535 or RanchoEyeDoctor.com. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. 
We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Vision Talk Radio with Dr. Bob Rothbard. To reach our show, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or you can send an email to ranchooptometric at verizon.net. Now, back to this week's edition of Vision Talk Radio. Thank you. We are back here live. Uh, Dr. Blade, I want to jump into this question because to me it's so important. Uh, do the elite athletes have better vision than others? And why don't we just go right into that one? Well, uh, yes. I mean, they they have to be to be successful. I mean, I guess it depends partly on what sport you're playing, but sports like baseball particularly. I mean, they, there was a study done years ago that showed that the average Major League Baseball player was seen in 2012. If you saw 2020, you're the bottom third. Two-thirds of them see better than that. So you you need to have good vision if you're going to. Can I interrupt for one second? When you say 2012 or 2020, whatever, is that both with glasses or contact lenses, or is this that without anything? Or with their with their best glasses on, their best corrected vision. So either they don't need glasses, or if they needed something, what their best vision possible vision is with some type of correction. So they're they're all seeing, you know, at least. Well, most of them are the average is seen in 2012. Wow. Um, Nike took just at random, because they have a lot of assets and players, they took a, uh, ten or five starting NFL quarterbacks and just checked their vision. Every one of them was seen in 2010 on the eye chart. So it was, you know, no coincidence. <laughs> okay. None you know, and I can guys. testify that uh, most individuals whom I check either after surgery or with the best correction are not getting 2010 vision. Yeah, even with you, the best correction. So this is way. really an interesting yeah. fact. Yeah. It's, it's just really how your brain processes that information, not only how well it focuses on the retina, but you know how well it, it's able to be processed through the brain. Because the same image that focuses on your retina is the same one on theirs, but they're getting more out of it. You know, um, you know there's a study done with a uh, little-known study <clears throat> with Babe Ruth after when he was playing back in the, in the 20s. I mean, he was not just a little better. He was better than everybody. <laughs> no, there was never anyone like him, you know, at the time. Um, in, I think, 1921, he hit like 40 or 54 home runs or something, which was more than any team combined in the league except for two. One of them was the Yankees, which he was on, obviously. And then uh, one other team hit more combined as a team than he did just as an individual. You know, they always said Ted Williams had excellent vision, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's stories of him reading a phonograph record as it's turning. Um, he wasn't. He would try to downplay that a lot. But he, when he went into the service, he had 20/10 vision when they tested him there. So he had. He had and of course, that's vision. uncorrected vision. He didn't wear anything, right? Right. Yeah. And pretty amazing. But, but you, you, you know, they they trained that. Now, that's. I mean, Babe Ruth wasn't just. Uh, 
a marvel with his eyes. It was the whole everything. When they tested him, they said he was he saw better, he could hear better, you know, his reaction time was faster. So it's just sort of how you're wired neurologically, I think, with a lot of these athletes, that this makes them, you know, better than everyone else and more successful than just mere mortals like ourselves. Oh, I don't consider ourselves just mere mortals. Look what we're doing for them. <laughs> anyway, another topic. Uh, you use the term sensory training instead of vision training, and basically, yeah. what's the difference on that? Well, when we train our athletes, we're really looking at everything. Um, you know, vision is your dominant sense. Eighty percent of your sensory information comes through your eyes. But of that information coming through your eyes, twenty percent of it doesn't even go to areas of your vision. They go to things such as uh, balance, your vestibular, um, your proprioception, knowing where your arms and your space are, and your hands and your in your in your environment. That's why you can stand on one leg, you know, for a long time with your eyes open. But if you close your eyes, you you fall over, you lose balance because you're getting that feedback from the vision. So we we're not just concentrating on vision. We want to do the whole body. We're working on ways of increasing reaction time, um, ways of um, improving the visual acuity, the contrast sensitivity, which is really a better judge of what you see in in sports. So we take the whole body together. Most medical medicine likes to compartmentalize everything. They want to take auditory and vestibular and balance and vision and put them all in separate areas, but they're all together in the brain. I mean, you can't just take one area out. You know, they're all interconnected, especially with the vision because it has so much information that it's bringing to your body from that. You know what I find interesting, too, and you and I would understand this, maybe the audience will. Some of the pioneers in vision, I'm talking about in the 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. I'm talking about Skeffington, of course, and this is just conversation between myself and uh, Dr. Blade. He had a lot of this information, how all of this results all the systems are working together, and they're developed. It's tremendous. Uh, let's get into, uh, when you're doing a sports vision assessment again, this time we could be specific to the question, what areas exactly are you assessing with uh, the individuals? Okay. Well, with the, the Nike SST, the sensory station, it, the 10 that it, it does is it does visual clarity. So what you see on the eye chart, right and left eye, and then both eyes together. Mm-hmm. It does contrast sensitivity. Um, it does depth perception straight ahead and over your left and right shoulder because you're, you, you don't always play straight ahead. Usually you're one side or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, it does near-far quickness, your ability to focus near and focus far and how fast you can do that in a period of time. So if you have issues with that and you get fatigued, it's just like any muscle in your body. If you get fatigued and you're not um, in shape, then you make mistakes. Same with vision. You lose focus. You're not able to pick up things maybe when you're at the at the end of the game or so. And usually when you're in a stress situation, that's when everything breaks down, you know, so you want to make sure oh, you yes. get that. Um, target capture, which is <clears throat> really um, it's sort of peripheral vision, but it's more than that. It's your ability to pick up a target or recognize something in your peripheral vision and then move to it and capture it before it disappears. So um, peripheral vision sort of on steroids, but you have to be able to recognize something before you can look at it. And, 
you're you're looking straight ahead, but you're watching for movement, and movement is your stimulus to look towards something. So if something flashes on the side of the screen, then you have to look at that before it disappears, and it only gives you a certain period of time. Um, it does perception span, which is sort of visual memory, um, hand-eye coordination, which is hitting green lights, and then there's a test that's called Go, No, Go, which is red and green light, so you hit the green, don't hit the red, so there's some decision-making in between there. And then there's reaction time. It measures hand reaction, how fast your hand actually moves and how fast your brain processes information and tells your hand to move, so those two together in reaction time. And then just your visual endurance is how how well you can focus to a near point in front of your nose. Um, So that's what the sensory station does. 20 minutes it does it. It gives you the printout and your assessment. Um, I do other things. I, I think everyone needs to have their best correction on when they're playing to perform at their best level. Mm-hmm. So you need to have an eye exam, and you need to see if there's glasses that, that would improve it. Um, most athletes don't want glasses. They're, they feel it's a weakness. <laughs> but if it's going to make it better, you have to have that on. I, I, was, I, I know you're going to run out of time, but I had a, a story. I had this one. Oh, player. let's hear it. This uh, patient came in. He was an old-time baseball player. He actually played uh, with Bill Dickey, was his uh, coach. Oh, my God, number eight from the Yankees. Right. I'm a Yankees fan, by the way. You know, he he sort of set the mark for it. And he was his, at the end of his career, he was coaching in the minor leagues, the Memphis Chicks. (laughs) (laughs) So George played for them. And George had terrible vision. He was very, very far-sighted, and he, you know, he just went by sheer guts and determination. He led the league. He said, "I led the league in triples one year because I would never stop." <laughs> so if he hit the ball, he just kept running. And he said, "Dicky got him one day." He says, "You get thrown out at third again. I'm going to dock you at base pay." <laughs> he goes, "Don't I can't afford it?" But he would just run until he, you know, until they threw him out. You know. Um, and I was just thinking, if I had him, you know, back then, he said, no one wore glasses. The first one to wear him was Dom DiMaggio. He was the only one that would wear glasses. Um, just, I'm just wondering where he would have been or where he would have made it. I well, mean, it was he kind was, of dangerous. They were all glass lenses back then. I'm sure of it. <laughs> they never got popped in the eye. Forget about it. They would be out of commission, not only in sports, but possibly in their whole life. So that yeah, was something to consider back then, I am sure. Yeah, but you but, get popped because you don't see it. You know, that's bad, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one way or the other. You're darned if you do and darned if you don't. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I find that such a tremendous story. And let's just, let's just, the obvious question that uh, the layperson, is visual acuity the best way of evaluating vision? Well, I, I don't think so. I think it's certainly important in what you see on the eye chart. Um, but uh, really, contrast sensitivity is a better judge of that. Now, um, visual acuity, the Snellen chart, I mean, that was developed, what, in the 1860s or something? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So years ago. And, and it's under ideal conditions, vision, of uh, 100% contrast. You have a dark letter and a white background. You know, what's easier to see than that? There isn't anything. So um, contrast sensitivity measures your acuity at lower contrast levels, um, which is important on, um, well, baseball particularly, picking up the spin and the rotation on the ball. Um, When that comes, the sooner you can determine what that pitch is, the more successful you're going to be. I know volleyball and and soccer, you can put a spin on the ball. So with better judge of contrast sensitivity, you can tell the bend of that. 
we found most of our, our really successful athletes already had naturally um, really good contrast sensitivity. But no one checks it. I mean, I, I don't have an eye chart for it. The only way I'm checking is because the sensory station has it on there. Few doctors do. Um, but it can be very useful for picking up early changes with cataracts and macular degeneration and maybe diabetics and glaucoma and things. But with their sports, um, it's, it's critical. Um, and you lose contrast sensitivity a lot of different ways. One is with LASIK, refractive eye surgery. You mm-hmm. can lose some contrast sensitivity if you have that done, even though now you're seeing 2015 or better than 2020. If you lose some of that contrast, then you, then you may not be picking up the ball as well. Um, contacts, when they get older and dirty, you lose contrast sensitivity. So we, we generally recommend daily contacts for our patients that if they have to have contacts, to put a new one in every day for their performance or for maximum performance. I have a kid that's in the minors that we send him contacts all the time just uh, for his day games that he'll use those and then they'll throw them out you know, after he's done. So it's, it's lower levels. It's more real world um, what you need to see with, uh, as opposed to visual acuity. Dr. Blay, when we come back from the break, I'd like to go over one last thing with contrast sensitivity, and that is if it can actually be developed or improved. And we'll do that after the break. You're on Vision Talk Radio with Dr. Bob, the Health and Wellness Channel. We'll be back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Do you or does somebody you know face an ongoing battle with addiction? Our nation's drug problem is getting worse as we spend billions on the judicial system. It's time to fight the demand for drugs and not the supply. Listen for I Took the High Road with host Jacob Jansen, who has experienced both IV heroin addiction and recovery and is now here to both help and educate you with his story and engaging guests. There are great resources available for recovery, and there is hope. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you are in Southern California, visit Rancho Cucamonga Optometric Center. Dr. Bob started his practice more than 25 years ago, providing high-quality vision care to his patients. Some of our patients and their families have been coming to us since the very beginning. Visit our website at RanchoEyeDoctor.com. There you can click on the Testimonials tab, Video tab, and Blog tab. If Dr. Bob feels that the care a patient needs is beyond his scope of practice or knowledge, he can refer these patients to specialists to make sure the patient is receiving the best care possible. Rancho Cucamonga Optometric Center is part of the local chambers of commerce in Rancho Cucamonga, Upland, and Ontario, California. Our wonderful staff is very knowledgeable and friendly. We welcome most vision care plans and can help you find your vision plan if you're unsure about your coverage. We'd love to have you come in. Visit RanchoEyeDoctor.com or if you're in Southern California, call us at 909-980-3535. Rancho Cucamonga Optometric Center, 909-980-3535 or RanchoEyeDoctor.com. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Vision Talk Radio with Dr. Bob Rothbard. To reach our show, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or you can send an email to ranchooptometric at verizon.net. Now, back to this week's edition of Vision Talk Radio. Yeah, we're back here with Dr. Taylor Blade from Southern California. And we left off with the question, can we develop or improve our contrast sensitivity? Well, yes, you can. <laughs> um, there's a lot of different things that we've tried. Now, there's different research that say certain video games can help with that. I'm sorry to say for parents who's trying to get the kids away from video games. Really? Certain ones that, that action video games like Call of Duty or whatever, there's some research that shows that that actually helps increase contrast sensitivity because it is lower contrast on the screen. Um, I don't typically do that, but that's that's one study. Um, a, a lot of times, just repetition and practice, like hitting, where you're picking up, um, watching the ball, and looking at the difference between fastball and curveball, and things like that. That helps, and that's why a lot of these players, and particularly Ted Williams, that's what he mentioned. That just practice, practice, practice is what made his vision much better, and that and that's true. I mean, he had the good vision to start with, but that just helped. Um, to refine that and probably increases contrast sensitivity. I don't know if they ever check that. Sometimes they put grease under your eyes. You've seen those with football players, mm-hmm. baseball players. That helps to cut down some glare, and studies show that that actually helps. Um, they did a study with one under it, a T, a raccoon, a whole circle, and then tinted contacts to see which worked the best. And they found doing the circle raccoon thing around the eyes cut the contrast or cut the glare down the most. Uh, but tinted contacts were pretty affected. They were made by Boshelon, their Maxide lenses. They discontinued those a while ago. But I was going to say, I haven't seen them around lately, but it seemed to have been the rage for a lot of yeah. individuals coming. High school sports, they want these orange contacts or green yeah. contacts, whatever well, they were, and uh, haven't seen much of them. Well, yeah, they discontinued them. When we were doing the pilot, the talk was that Nike or that AccuView was going to try to launch those again. It doesn't look like they're going to, because that's been a number of years, and they haven't, so that's unfortunate. Um, but what we found the most successful with contrast sensitivities are actually some different computer programs that are designed for that. Um, they not only increase um, contrast sensitivity, but they actually increase your visual acuity as well. Um, one that we tested uh, quite uh, quite a bit was one that's called Revital Vision. I don't know if it's still out there now. Um, it's um, we would get an average of one to two lines improvement on visual acuity after you're done with the program, um, and a hundred percent improvement in contrast sensitivity. The studies on theirs they showed that after two years, maybe fifteen percent of the patients would lose fifteen percent of that gain. So pretty permanent, you know, neurological change. Because you're just you're just wired differently. I mean, there's I explain it as is like uh, there's a signal to noise ratio in your visual system. Just like if you're listening to someone in a crowded room, the mm-hmm. noise around it limits your ability to hear them. If you could eliminate the visual noise in your system, then that signal comes through clear and you end up getting better vision. Um, we're 
sort of mad scientists in their own lab, so I've, I've tried to program <laughs> myself, and I was seen 2010 on the eye chart when I was done. Wow. But it's not only the contrast sensitivity. It works with, there's different visual pathways. There's your parvocellular, which is your central vision. That's your fine acuity, one of your slower visual mm-hmm. pathways. And then there's your magnocellular, which is your peripheral vision, which mostly just detects, detects objects and shapes and movement. So this really keys in on that magnocellular, your peripheral vision. So you're just more aware of things in your environment. Um, movement, again, is the stimulus to look towards something. So if something's moving you, you're more acute of seeing that, you react quicker to it, so it helps with not just contrast sensitivity and visual acuity, but it helps with reaction time. We took five top prospects in baseball um, that we trained one um, before the season started one year. Uh, three of the five were first-round draft picks. Okay, So they, wow. had to have, they had to be pretty good. And the the, the teams had committed a lot of money to them, so um, they were in, they were invested in their success. We worked with them. We used that particular program, the um, Revital Vision. Um, it's just really, really boring and tedious. You have to it takes thirty minutes. You have to sit in a dark room and you're just staring at this target, and it's just you see it or you don't see it, and you click yes or no. Um, every one of them was seen in 2010 when we were done with that before the season started. Um, but one of the players, after his season was over, he commented on how much better his fielding was that he was surprised by. Because you're a catcher, you live by your defense. And if you can hit, that's great. That's a bonus. But your defense is what's going to get you up to the pros. Um, he was just seeing things better. He was reacting quicker. And he was much better successful. He was much better defensively as a catcher. Um, We've tested out some other different programs that we've had good success with. We had one player, we caught him just before spring tra- at the end of spring training, so we couldn't do much. We didn't do an assessment with him. But we put him on a particular program and then just had him do it during the year. And we could monitor when he was doing it and when he wasn't. And halfway through the season, we thought, well, let's just see how, this, how it's working. You, you do the program. He would usually do it at night. And then the next day, we would check on how, how he did, how he was hitting. So we compared his batting average the day after he'd done the program and then the other days. He was hitting 350 the days after he did that program the night before. The other days he was hitting 250. You know, you should get part of their signing bonus for doing all this, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're a different breed, those programs. <laughs> I called them up with it and I said, look, you know, you might want to mix in that a little more often. Uh, I actually talked to their team trainer of the, the team, and he wasn't very impressed. He said, well, there's a lot of different variables, and there are. But mm-hmm. if he was chewing some type of gum those days, he hit 350, they would buy that gum for everybody else on the team. <laughs> okay. Interesting, so if isn't there's it? if something that you can correlate to it, then that's something, something you want to mix in to your normal training. Now, getting to 2010 is good, but you need to maintain that. And most... Of us, it doesn't really matter, you know. But with the athletes, they need to continue to do that. So once they've finished the program, usually about a month, we tell them just to mix it in maybe every, you know, every few weeks or so just to maintain it. So we're testing out some different ones now. The other ones had to be done on a desktop. It had to be done with certain distance away. It had to be in a dark room. Some of the newer ones we're testing can actually be done on an iPad, and that would make it much easier to do especially if you're traveling around all over the country and trying to find a dark room. 
you know, to go in to do your vision training. Wow. Uh, let's just discuss also another topic, which I know is paramount in success, and that's depth perception, mm-hmm. and how important it is, and really, how do you train it? Well, depth perception, I mean, there's a lot of different ways of <clears throat> uh, judging depth. Um, with sports, I'm, I think it's nice to do. I'm, I'm just not convinced certain types of depth perception evaluations are as accurate as the real world. Um, you know, most depth perception use some type of glasses that simulate a disparity <clears throat> or a difference between the two eyes, so it, it gives you a feeling of depth. Okay. There's really only a few tests that actually judge real depth. One is the Howard mm-hmm. Goldman apparatus, which is actually you're lining up these rods in a, mm-hmm. in a straight line. Oh, and, I remember and, that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Long time ago. Cool. You probably had to do it one day. Um, uh-huh. I have that. I've used it with my athletes, but I just haven't really seen a good correlation to that and how well they really do with depth. Um, there's a depth perception program on the, the Nike SST, and um, there's a training program on it. I also use um, something by Dr. Cohen that went at SUNY. Um, he's uh, Al Cohen, neuro, yep. The Neurovision Rehabilitator, which uses Wii technology um, to rehab patients that have strokes or traumatic brain injuries to have to, to reconnect lost nerve connections with our athletes. Since they have intact ones, we're trying to disband, find faster neural processing, so we'll use that with them. But there is a depth perception training program on there that, that works okay. I think really depth, and that is important, judging depth, um, but it's, it's related to a lot of different things. I mean, you have to use your eyes together. You have to focus on that. You have to do it efficiently. You have to be able to track and judge uh, trajectory and motion. Um, and a lot of these the computer programs that I've used help to do that, help you with your shape and movement with object detection. Um, but I think depth perception really to be trained has to be done in the real world in sports. That's really throwing a ball at someone or catching a ball or judging a ball in movement. Um, I, I, I'm not a big fan of computer programs for that because um, it's just simulating the real world when you should just do the real world and train that way. So there's uh, different things that we use. I'm just, I'm still deciding <laughs> what I really feel about um, depth perception testing and how we can really evaluate that to what the athletes really, if they have a deficiency or not. But we certainly train depth perception and we'll, we try to do it more in real space. Mm-hmm. I want to start a little bit of a discussion before our break, which is in a couple of minutes. Uh, and that's about imagery and visualization mm-hmm. and how important it is in sports and in training. Okay. And well, we're going to go a little bit now and then I'll cut into it. In fact, uh, yeah, let's start it now. We'll go with it and uh, we'll cover it after the break. Okay. Well, just interrupt me when you need to. Okay. Um, imagine uh, imagery and visualization are, are really important, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> excuse me. They found that um, visualizing or imagining doing something shares almost the same uh, cortex uh, pathways in your visual cortex mm-hmm. than actually doing a task. Okay, so we use visualization all the time with our athletes. And a lot of sports psychologists, that's what they do. They want to visualize success or the perfect swing or the perfect spiral. 
Um, I still remember when I was in junior high reading a book, Cyber Psycho Cybernetics, where uh, oh, uh, Maltz, isn't it? I it was I was in junior high, so this is a long time ago. <laughs> oh no, there's someone who has a great program, and I want to finish up this discussion after the break. It's so important, and then very briefly discuss on some other areas that you're almost an expert at in discussing. So we're going to come back. You're on Vision Talk Radio with Dr. Bob on the Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. How many times have you heard this? I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. You are what you eat. I've tried every diet. Diets don't work. It's time to stop this kind of madness and start thinking and feeling empowered to change your health. Tune in to The Raw Truth with Chef Sharon Fraser. Join us weekly for thought-provoking conversations with world-renowned experts in the food, medical, holistic, sports medicine, chiropractic, and naturopathic health sciences. The Raw Truth airs live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. If you are in Southern California, visit Rancho Cucamonga Optometric Center. Dr. Bob started his practice more than 25 years ago, providing high-quality vision care to his patients. Some of our patients and their families have been coming to us since the very beginning. Visit our website at RanchoEyeDoctor.com. There you can click on the Testimonials tab, Video tab, and Blog tab. If Dr. Bob feels that the care a patient needs is beyond his scope of practice or knowledge, he can refer these patients to specialists to make sure the patient is receiving the best care possible. Rancho Cucamonga Optometric Center is part of the local chambers of commerce in Rancho Cucamonga, Upland, and Ontario, California. Our wonderful staff is very knowledgeable and friendly. We welcome most vision care plans and can help you find your vision plan if you're unsure about your coverage. We'd love to have you come in. Visit RanchoEyeDoctor.com or if you're in Southern California, call us at 909-980-3535. Rancho Cucamonga Optometric Center, 909-980-3535 or RanchoEyeDoctor.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Vision Talk Radio with Dr. Bob Rothbard. To reach our show, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or you can send an email to ranchooptometric at verizon.net. Now, back to this week's edition of Vision Talk Radio. Okay, we're back here with Dr. Taylor Blade, an optometrist here from Southern California. And we were discussing visualization and training it and the importance of it. If we could just touch on that briefly for a couple of minutes. Sure, yeah. As I've mentioned, the uh, Psycho-Cybernetics, the book I read when I was in junior high, and that I guess that maybe started me on this path. But I remember reading, they actually had a, a study where they had two groups, a control group and, a, and another group that 
were learning to shoot free throws. So one would just sit in a room and practice shooting free throws in their mind in as great a detail as they could, and then the other ones would go outside and shoot free throws, and they found at the end of the time that their results were almost identical as far as improvement in it. So we, we integrate that into ours. I, I, one particular test that just comes to mind or training that we do, we have three different colored buckets and bean bags. So we'll have the athlete throw the bean bag into the bucket. We'll say which color, and then they throw it. Then we'll have them close their eyes and imagine doing that. And then we'll actually have them close their eyes and then throw it into the bucket. And it's, it's so interesting. They, a lot of times, do even better <laughs> with their eyes closed, you know, after they do that as far as throwing it into the bucket. So we, we're, we're big on um, visualization and, and how real that is. So. That's uh, great. And I wish we can touch a lot more. But one of the couple of areas, getting away a little bit from the sports vision part of it, that you have of tremendous interest in your practice and that is dealing with autism and attention deficit disorder. Can we just touch on that a little bit for the few minutes that we have left? And we have about four or five minutes on that. Okay. A whole sure. lot of time for that. Yeah, part of some of the computer programs that we've tested um, not, don't just relate to sports and, and your ability to see, but um, it, it relates to other areas. We found a high correlation with autism and ADHD with um, vision problems. Really? And autism now is almost epidemic. Um, there's hardly anyone that's untouched. You know, I have a granddaughter who's on the spectrum. Um, I think ADHD is, is, is overdiagnosed. Um, there are, um, there's a condition which I'm sure you know of, convergence insufficiency. It's the mm -hmm. inability to cross your eyes and maintain that for a period of time. The symptoms for convergence insufficiency, which is very easy to treat and diagnose, um, are almost identical to ADHD. It's an ability to attend, um, poor concentration, poor recall from reading and not wanting to sit still. Um, so um, you only have so much energy to extend in anything in life. Okay? And the world can be a very confusing place if your visual system isn't working well, almost worse than if you had no vision at all. Um, so just like when you're learning to drive, you know, first it's no sound, both hands on the wheel, you know, don't talk to me. Mm -hmm. You have to concentrate on that. Once you build an automaticity into the system, you know, kids are chewing gum, the radio's blasting, there's one eye on it, they're texting. Um, so you're able to do multitask and do more than one thing at a time. We found um, dealing when we just talked to it briefly about the magnocellular and parvocellular central visual pathway and your peripheral visual pathway. If you have problems with either one of those, you may have trouble with your peripheral vision. So you're just tunneled in. Everything in the central vision, that's all you can do is just to maintain that clear mm -hmm. and then focus. Or you may just have your peripheral vision where um, objects, shape, and movement in your fine detail is hard to, to concentrate on. So you may have kids that, um, especially on the spectrum, that you know, don't, they usually don't look at you. You know, it's mostly movement, shapes, and objects around. Um, they're, they're doing arm flapping because they're trying to get more sensor information through um, tactile instead of the visual system, which isn't working properly. They may toe walk, you know, because they have trouble recognizing where the floor is and the ability to, to tell where your, the proprioception areas of knowing where your arms and your legs are and your space and your environment. Um, so we've, 
we've integrated actually that same computer program that helps, or at least a variation on it, um, that helps with contrast sensitivity and visual acuity with, with these children. Um, again, the first one, the Revital Vision, was way too boring for them to ever be able to do. But with some newer ones, we've been working with um, UCR, University of Riverside. They have a program there that they've developed and that we're testing. Um, so we'd bring kids in and have them do that. Um, it's still in the testing mode. We haven't got results back yet. But I'm hopeful with some new program that they can actually do on an iPad and then some different other memory um, test or games and things that they developed, that should help with it. Um, but all of these need to be multidisciplinary, and it needs to have the optometrist, you need to have the psychologist, you need to have the occupational therapist and the speech pathologist, you need to have everyone on board and work together collaboratively um, to help these kids. But, and how has that been with uh, cross-training or cross-working with patients with the other disciplines? Is everybody on board or does everybody feel like their discipline is more important than the other person's. Well, that's the most challenging part. You know, first of all, you have to have insurance that's going to pay for everybody. Wow. Unless you're going to do it on your own. Um, we do, we're affiliated with Western University in Pomona. Great <clears throat> university. And we have students come in and observe in our practice. And I know they're trying to develop um, collaborative um, mm-hmm. Work because they have all the different schools there that work together. I think that's a pretty unique situation, and unfortunately, you don't see that much. The school districts really pretty much ignore vision, which is very sad. That's, that's really too bad. You know, Dr. Blade, we're running up against time for the show, but this was fantastic. I really enjoyed being with you, and I certainly did learn a lot, and we'll probably continue our conversation after. Uh, we're done with the show here because there's a tremendous amount that I learned. So I really want to thank you for being a participant in the show. It has been just uh, astounding, and I hope the audience has gotten information on this that is useful to them. I know I certainly did. Anyway, uh, again, I want to thank you very much. Have a great afternoon. And right now, I'm going to be just discussing next week's show. We're going to be switching gears. We have Dr. Anthony Collada of Retina Institute of California, who will be talking about specifically the eyes, specifically the area of the eye called the retina, uh, which of course is the screen of the eye where clarity occurs. We'll also be discussing macular degeneration. He'll be discussing different areas of development in dealing. It used to be if you had macular degeneration or bleeding in the back of the eye, it was a sentence for almost going blind. But right now, uh, there are so many new developments in this. I've been talking to him briefly, and we're really fortunate to have him next week on our show, and we'll be able to go over things with you regarding what might pertain to yourself, which might pertain to your family members, individuals who have diabetes, individuals who have macular degeneration, individuals, for example, who have suffered an injury and are starting to see flashes of light or spots or floaters, we really encourage you to listen to this show because Dr. Collada will have a wealth of information that will be very important for you to hear. Again, he's an ophthalmologist uh, within the Southern California area. So we look forward to that. And again, I want to thank my uh, guest, Dr. Taylor Blade, for putting together a tremendous show. And we will see you next week on Vision Talk Radio with Dr. Bob. And we're on the Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.
thank you for tuning in to Vision Talk Radio with Dr. Bob. We'll be back next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.